Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Shelly Billinghurst and joined me today, joining me today, sorry, is Serge. Serge, <laughs> how are you doing this, this lovely snowy day? Yeah, every day is snowy, uh, so it seems like the last four days. But anyways, we always talk about weather when we start. So how are okay, things let's with not. you, Kelly? Well, yeah, do what's, you know, what's going on with you? What's going on with me? Do you know, I, uh, um, not too much, actually. Let me see. <laughs> Everybody's healthy. Kids okay. are healthy. Um, okay. I, uh, I think the, the biggest thing with me is I'm looking forward to a weekend up in the mountains. I'm oh, going to Canmore going this to Canmore? weekend. Yeah, oh, cool. Going to Canmore, uh, taking taking the girls out. We're celebrating a birthday, and we are going to go to a super cool, hard to get into restaurant if you can imagine in Canmore called the Crazy Weed. Oh yes, yeah. yes. I've not eaten there, but I'm looking forward to it. It's a vegan restaurant, right? Um, that I, sure. I have no idea. I just know like yeah. we had to book two weeks in advance. Which is crazy in this day and time, and uh, well, but Canmore's not, pretty busy right now. Yeah, anyway, Canmore's so. very busy, and um, they can only have half seating capacity. Yeah, that's right. A good point. So you have to book weeks in advance. So what about you? What's the oh, most exciting thing that happened to you this week? You know, it's um, I, I'm just trying to keep my head above water with so much going on in the recruitment world, and it's funny because actually the subject of this episode. I uh, was brought up by just an article that I read quickly that was sharing market share for ATS across, you know what, I think it's in the US, so I'm assuming it's in the US, but it's usually pretty relevant to Canada as well. Yeah. And uh, you know what, it just like, it just hurt me. Like it hurt why? my heart. Why? I say. Well, Tell the number why. one market share for ATS is our friends, well, I say friends, but right? it is is Teleo with 20% of market. It, this can't be right. Like I'm so, looking at it. I'm like, you know what? it is right. It is. It's, it's such a sad state of our, our candidate experience that Teleo owns 20% of the market share in a very segmented uh, market. Then if we look, let me just, uh, I'm going to ring out the top one. So then. Yes. Um, okay. Cause I, I want to, I, I, I would like to ease your pain. Okay. All right. Because well, let me, I, let me. Sorry, you go ahead, and then I will. I'll, I'll put a little salve on your open wound about Taleo. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. So Taleo was nineteen percent market share. Yes. Um, then after that, it's like basically there's no other dominant when it comes to market share. We're seeing players that play in the same spot as Taleo mm. when it comes to systems that are part of a ERP or right. full HGM system. So yeah. Workday is around 5%. Success Factor is around 5%. Connexa Brass Ring is around 5%. But then uh, we've got some that I'm much bigger fan of. So iSIMS is close to 8%. Jobvite is around 6%. Our, our friend Jerome at Smart Recruiters, they're around 3%. Um, then you've got players like ADP at uh, around 4%. Uh, one that I found interesting uh, that I didn't really think of is homegrown ATS. So basically companies building out their own ATS, which I've seen quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I the definitely staffing agency would, world does. 
Yeah, staffing agency, I've seen it. And I've seen some firms that like dabble in technology and it's like, well, let's build an ATS. So, and I can tell you a story about a very um, prominent technology company here in Canada that bought an ATS um, from uh, when I worked in that market. They wanted to completely gut it and redo it, even though... Um, they had iSIMS, which iSIMS, I think we can all agree is, is probably one of the best ATS out there. So, but hurt, my heart is hurting. Can you, can you make it better? (laughs) Yes, I know. So, do you know, I have a snapshot from this exact same study from three years ago. Okay. Because I don't know if you remember, I did a corporate um, stint for, yes. um, for an organization that was just um, starting to move away from pen and paper. So this was a company yes. of 2,000 people. So in my preparation and in kind of my research before joining that um, and taking that on, and with God as my witness, I will never do another corporate stint. It was just a nightmare. Anyways, well, another day for that. Uh, but I did the research and came across the same organization that does this survey. And at that point, and I can find it for you, Serge, but it was only three years ago that Taleo had something like 60% of the market. Mm. I'm not, I'm serious. Like, so if it's any salve on your open wound, I would say it's, it is, look at how quickly they've shrunk in yeah. three years, like they, they were the dominant player. If not, you know, I think if even we went back four years and this, this um, company that does this survey, they've been doing it for years. And if we went back four years, I bet you, you would see like a, a real significant um, percentage ownership of the market. And now it's like, they're only 20%. Like the heads are rolling over at Oracle. I'm sure heads are rolling. Well, well, they replace it with Oracle, Oracle Cloud, Cloud. Uh, which is basically the same, but it is like bolt on some chat thoughts and different items. But like when I look at ATS, there's really a couple of things that I look at that are important to me or important to. So what is the candidate experience and right. what is the recruiter experience? Um, and oh, sorry, and, the recruiter and, and the hiring manager experience, yeah. which is probably the most important in that yeah. sense. Yeah. If they don't use it, it causes a lot of pain for the recruiter. And this is the challenge. And Jerome, when he was on the show, really pointed it out. So with like even Workday, SuccessFactor, UltiPro, Mm -hmm. all of those that are part of bigger ones, they're not easy to use for the hiring managers. They're extremely complex or complicated or just non-intuitive, which if you think about it, you're a line manager in the field. You have a few minutes to go look at resumes or whatever the case is, and it's really hard for you to get there and really manage it. You're just not going to use it. So that makes a recruiter job a lot harder in that sense. So this is the biggest challenge with the work days of the world with the Taleo is it recruiters end up using emails and using uh, other sources to basically right. do the same job when they have a system that they're paying a lot up front. So the one thing that Jerome said that really hit me in it, and like, um, and we've talked a little bit about this yes. too, is so with GDPR in in Europe, and if we look at Canada and the US, and we're gonna with privacy becoming so critical, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you think is gonna happen to all those people that have tons of resumes in their emails, and they have to delete them? Like, 
Where How do they go from there? Them? Do you know, it's already, I, I do believe California and Texas have very, very strict laws around the separation of, of where personnel data is kept. And, and they're really strict about it because I know I did some work for, again, some companies in California and Texas where um, they, they wanted, they had to be able to demonstrate that they had complete separation of uh, their personnel files, that they were kept in a secure place, that they weren't anywhere else, that there weren't stray files. Because what tends to happen too is, um, you know, old habits die hard. So your hiring manager would print it out, put it in a file and Mm. leave it in his desk. You know, I visited some sites where they had file cabinets full like we're talking two or three file cabinets full of people's like personnel files. And I'm like, but you have a system. And they're like, I know, but it's just easier. Well, that's not uncommon. Oh, no. Uh, no, it's not uncommon at all. Yeah. And it's funny. One of the last companies I worked for, I came in and um, ended up, they were clearing out like the personal files. Then suddenly I come in the morning and there's a bunch of boxes of, next to my desk and someone had left all those boxes and it was years and years of resumes. Oh, when I say years, but some of them dated uh, like two months before I started. And I'm like, okay, we're in, I, I'm not going to share the year, but it were yeah. really, so you'll know it was exactly. I do. I know is. exactly who you're talking about. Um, we, in this decade, we're still using paper resumes. So they were printing off yeah. all the resumes, yep. putting it in file yep. folders, yeah. which blew me away. So that was, we implemented an ATS, ditch all of that, and their world changed dramatically. But I, I have a question for you on that. So if you were going in and you've implemented ATS, I've implemented several, when you're looking for an ATS, what are the key things that you look for? Well, I mean, you, you've just said it yourself. First of all, it's got to be a great candidate experience. Um, and it's got to be something that um, can easily, that candidates can easily work their way around. So first of all, as few barriers as possible to find the job and to apply. Uh, none of this testing before you apply or filling in multiple screens. Um, so the other thing is um, ease of recruiter uh, use. And so, you know, I, in, in the last, one of the last roles, it became that, that I worked corporately. Um, it was um, just, it was just a, a fact, a golden rule. If you did not put it in the system, it didn't actually happen. So the recruitment team have got to be the first to lead the way on single source of truth. So when it comes to anything that happened with a candidate um, and everything had to be done um, as it was happening, because going back at the end of the month and filling in, you know, closing out your requisitions and um, uh, basically sending out notes or whatever to your candidates. So it had to be something that, um, that at least maybe gave some sort of incentive for recruiters to stay current. Because it's the least enjoyable part of your of your job. It's very mundane, but at least if there's a way, there's there's got to be a win. There's got to be a way. There's got to be something that incentivizes the recruiter to keep their files current. Um, and then last, you know, I have to say, Serge, I've never worked with an ATS that hiring managers actually willingly used. 
Other than I can say smaller companies, you know, since I've had higher value and I do work really closely with Bamboo HR and great for small companies. It really is. Um, It does the trick, does what you need. um, And it's only a matter of, you know, the first time somebody's using it and they're like, oh, can you send me the resume? And I push back and say, no, you log in. Mm. You need to log into the system. So from that day forward, everybody knew and understood that we cannot be sending resumes back and forth to one another. And that's really maybe the only lever that I think you can pull early on in helping condition people um, and helping them change their behavior. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's always a challenge of having hiring managers use the ATS. But in reality, I, I follow that rule too. If, if it's not in that system and if communication is not there, you're just not going to get candidates because I'm not emailing you any candidates in that sense. You log in, you look at the resumes. If you need help in logging into the system, great. I can help you with that. We can Mm -hmm. figure it out. But um, no, I'm exactly. So when I'm looking for, so those are all key things. So ease of use and those things. And there's so much more ATS can do now as well. So I think that is just the table stakes uh, to be an ATS right now. All the new players, except, those big HCMs that have like do all of it, payroll and everything is if we look at most of them, they're all fairly easy to use now. Um, They're very intuitive. They have really good UXs and and UI there. So I think that's part of it. But um, I look at a couple of things that are, are added features or can make my life a lot easier. Um, One of them is actually when we're looking at one of them that, why I chose my latest ATS and we'll have this discussion is the CRM capability and the ability to keep track of my candidates and, and put them in a format that I can actually market to my past active and passive candidates that have been part of my jobs before is really, really helpful because I will die on this hill saying before you go external, you have to check what you have internal uh, and with a lot of ATS, it's really hard to do. They're they're all associated with the job, uh, like uh, we've talked about, or um, no one knows where those candidates no, are. So, so let's be clear, though, Serge, because I know for our corporate recruiting audience, when you say internal, um, they will automatically think uh, people that already work here. That is oh, yeah, opportunity. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So, so let's make sure that... Um, that you're being clear point. to say those that have applied in the past, but they are exactly. part of your and drum roll. Are you are you still calling it pipeline? No, these uh, are people that have applied to you on other positions. Yeah, I call it my talent community. Uh, okay, is, is the term I use. But yes, you're right. Thank you for making that clear. It is people that I've either sourced in the past or have applied to jobs in the past as well. So. There's, there's a lot of great things about these candidates. First of all, they already applied or were interested in the job. So you've already sold them on your brand in some ways. Uh, you're not reaching out to hundreds of people that have probably never heard of you and you have to do a whole sales job on why to work for your company. So it is, uh, you've already got an engaged candidate. So I always look at those. So when I'm looking at it, there's, I want something that can help me manage that, but not a lot of ATS can do that. Um, a lot of people will have a separate ATS and CRM. So, so what, 
So which are like of the ones that you just listed, you know, like we, so we've got Workday, Success Factors, ISIM, Jobvite. Do you know if any of them have this capability to where, I mean, I think it's, it's just so, such a beautiful fit to have, you know, the same notion of CRM, meaning customer relationship management, but this is truly this is candidate relationship management, right? So, yeah. so when you say CRM, again, for the benefit of everyone who's, you know, um, trying to navigate their way through the acronyms here, when you say CRM, you mean a candidate management system? Yes. Yes. So exactly. it's a candidate relationship management system. Is that what you mean? Yes, 100%. So it works the same as a customer relationship. So you can actually, so like to give you an example, HubSpot. So HubSpot yeah. is a CRM. So it's used for sales uh, and, and managing your, your clients. But you can leverage HubSpot as a candidate relationship manager. So a CRM, which is what it's called in our industry, in a very similar way. And the goal is to keep those people informed, keep them engaged with your brand, do reach out, drip marketing campaigns with them. Um, so yeah, so to answer your question, not a lot do. Like, do, do, you, know you, if, one, do you know of any of these that, that do? Yes, I know one that does it, uh, and I know there's more, but one that oh, does okay. it, smart recruiters. Okay, great. So, um, But as far as, like, so I will tell you that the the prediction back in say 2013 2014 i know we're going back in time but workday came out of the gate uh with guns ablazing man they they absolutely swooped in and was going to be the answer to uh, you know everyone's problems um same thing with success factors right around kind of that same time right um and then it seems like um, what I loved about that research study published in, it was a 2020 study, correct? In terms of market yeah. share. What I loved was you saw a fragmentation of the market. Yes. You are seeing, like to see Workday and Success Factors with 5% of the market, when I think the prediction was they were going to basically dominate and be 50% market share. So to see them down at 5%, I'm like, okay, so you know what? You guys were all fucking smoke and mirrors. They, they were. I knew well, that. Have you, I saw have you work seen days. Work? Yes. I did the whole dog and pony show of every single thing in the market. I mean, it, it went on and on and on. And so, you know, they, they all had um, great presentations. But when you asked to talk to somebody who'd implemented it, they said, well, no, those features are coming. And do you know, they never did, you know, I, and oh. I talked to my colleagues that, that had to endure this workday uh, implementation that went on for a year and a half. Yeah. And, and that's a challenge with a lot because then you're a year and a half, you're implementing oh a full ERP solution. So there's, there's much more than just implementing an ATS, but like to answer your question. So workday, mm -hmm. um, Workday is, is shit. Like their ATS is garbage. Like I, I've used it like, uh, but, but, but there is a Phenom overlay. So Phenom people has a fantastic overlay of that makes it a CRM, makes it a better uh, marketing tool. Mm. So if you're doing Workday, I would not do it without the Phenom overlay. So Phenom is a separate company and they've they have a partnership or I don't know exactly what the relationship is, but right. I've seen Workday with Phenom on top of it and it's, it's beautiful, but like you got to put in context, 
phenom itself is the price of, or when I say the price, is like quadruple the price of most ATS, anyways. Uh, so, for workday, oh my god, yeah, for workday to work properly, you need an overlay. So, on top of it, that makes it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're really you're not ahead of the game. So putting in perspective. Really, um, I look at other features that can help me, like who has all the partnerships for job distribution. What I love about Smart Recruiter, and I'm seeing this with a lot of the ATS, I had Workable before, which mm-hmm. I love Workable, worked really well, is they have a lot of partnerships, a lot of integration. So things like what? That you, what, are well, the, had, what are the cool tools? Well, like, what like, else would you have? It's not necessarily cool in the sense, uh, some of it is very practical, but a pain in the ass. So background screening. So yes. the ability when it's automatically implemented in my ATS, I press one button, it takes all the information, sends it to my provider, then it comes back in the system with the results and everything I need to know. What a massive time saver that is. Uh, oh, same God, way, yeah. like I work in tech. So tech assessments, coding challenges that are built in directly or directly integrated with an ATS. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I never have to leave my ATS and I have all these tools that all work together and it's really, they work in synergy in that way. Mm -hmm. To me, those are all the great things. So I think the world of ATS, the ones that are really going to do well and, and really if we're seeing how people are, companies are making great inroads, uh, like iSIMS has been around for a long time and they're still a, a leader. Smart Recruiters is just kicking ass. Uh, Jobvite is kicking ass. They all have massive integrations and the ability, first of all, to distribute your jobs to all the job boards automatically. They have the Google for Jobs schema all set up. So Google for Jobs picks up your jobs, but then they have all these partnerships. So instead of... Um, using six different systems to do one thing. I'm using one and it has everything integrated. So that's one of the key things when I'm looking for an ATS. Yeah. How can I make it easy for my recruiters and myself and my hiring managers to do as much as possible and not really leave the system? Um, so those yeah. are the key things I look at. But because um, to the point of, have you, so a candidate relationship manager assistant, what do you think are the benefits of that? Like, So much like HubSpot, um, it, it, it enables you to track and understand behavior, which if you are not, if people haven't figured out that this is a candidate's market, that is, We've moved away from thinking that, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just use the power of our corporate brand and we'll continue to attract people, which works wonderfully if you have a brand like TELUS or you've got a brand like uh, WestJet or, um, you know, any of those kind of very um, always positive market response to, to who they are and, and, and working there is very attractive because they have spent I would I would hazard to guess millions to keep their employer brand really healthy and uh, to keep um, attracting good people. So a great CRM used like a like a HubSpot, whether it's clients or whether it's candidates, means that you are keeping those conversations going because of where people will be in the future. Mm. So well, it's important it, to keep them engaged, right? Like any candidates, you almost treat a candidate exactly the same as you would a sales prospect. 
There's well, not a lot of difference. Right. Well, do you know what? There's there's a few nuances there, Serge, and I think you know to think that it translates over um, just seamlessly is not true because when somebody looks for a job, it's it's usually event driven, right? Versus the sales cycle. Like if you understand your customer and you know that they go through the budget process in September and they can start spending in January and you need to get in front of, I mean, you need to understand their buying cycles. That's very different than the reasons people change jobs. The reason somebody changes jobs, um, and again, if you're thinking of just, you know, hourly workers, it's very different, right? Because if you every year have a shutdown turnaround and you need 750 pipe fitters, well, all those, like your idea of maintaining a relationship with the pipe fitters, because you know that every year you're going to need 750 of them, right? That's a very different, I believe, candidate relationship management than um, if you are beginning to develop relationships with the top 30% of new grads that come out of computer science, out of Waterloo, you want to develop relationships with them because guess where they're going to be in three years? Guess where they're going to be in five years? And if I, they- I, I still haven't heard the difference, to be honest with you, because I, I believe hiring, yes, is event-driven, but sales is event-driven as well. Um, like I, I, I think in similar that can like that sales like three years from now you might not be able to close from now but you want to keep them connected because three five years from now it might happen so i get where you're going but i think it's like i think it's fairly similar you can't convince me otherwise i've worked uh, in both okay so so then um do you think the events that influence the sales process as a salesperson are anywhere close to the events that would cause somebody to change jobs. Like it, it's, it's just micro and macro, honest to God, yeah, because yeah. it's macro events. Like right now, if you're um, say looking at uh, building a pipeline, then the price of steel is going to have a direct connection on uh, when you buy and who you buy from. Right. Well, so, so is the labor people- market, right? Like the labor market, where is, that is going to affect if you're going to be looking or not if there's a high demand for the talent you bring at that particular time so okay all right it's it's not worth arguing about because we're both right Um, (laughs) i'm just a little bit more right uh, on that sense so okay one notion that i want to i want to hit on here is and i hear this all the time and i saw a session somewhere on linkedin about how you can ats proof your resume so um, so it, your resume goes through and, yes, and uh, yes. I've been okay. hearing this for years. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing this for years. Okay. And I know a lot of people in this industry, you know, a lot of people in your industry mm-hmm. and I'm a practitioner and I'm directly in it. I'll tell you this. If you're a job seeker or if you think is there's no robot rejecting your resume, all your resumes are being rejected by a person. Do you agree? So I know it's true. Sir, I have been saying this for 20 years. You know, there was some, uh, some slick salesman that rolled through Calgary with, you know, a very, uh, fancy satchel that he wore across his chest, I'm sure. I can picture this guy. And he promised everybody in HR that we were going to have resume parsing and that this computer was going to somehow magically pull out all the words on your resume. It didn't work then and it doesn't work now. 
it, it just, it never has. It, it has been, I think, the biggest smoke bomb that any salesperson has perpetrated on the recruitment industry, even if they did, like screening questions. So let's just go with the simple screening questions. Um, you know, it, and these would be directly relevant to whatever you're recruiting for. Um, you mean to tell me that even if somebody answers the, you know, say you wanted five years and they said, no, I have three, you mean you're not going to open that resume and read it anyway? I don't know a single recruiter that doesn't open it anyway. Because yeah. I, because we all know that these parsing technologies don't work and they will miss a great candidate because somebody sent their document in PDF versus Word or vice versa. And, you know, it can't read it because it didn't like the font. Like, well, that doesn't, that, that rarely happens anymore though, Shelly, as far as uh, the new ATS, I've, I haven't had an issue with, like I've had Workable and Smart Recruiter in the last three years and I've had no issues with parsing. If we take parsing means it takes the information from the resume and puts it in the system. Um, that that technology has improved dramatically, right? And I don't get like um, I I don't get it's a PDF or something. I I do I've had resumes that are JPEGs and which I'm like okay. Uh, and then when I try to parse that, that doesn't work. But PDF, Word, uh, so Google. so tell me why you're parsing it to begin with. Well, no, the parsing is basically taking the information and creating a candidate profile in my system. Um, that's why For what purpose? Well, so I can look at the candidates um, instead of, you know what no, I mean? No. So, so what, is, what is the purpose of it parsing it and putting it into the system when um, this is all applicants or anybody that you're moving through? No, any applicants, when a resume comes in, the ATS automatically parses the resume, takes the right. key information from the resume, fills out all uh, all the internal things we need, like phone number, email address, and everything. So I don't need to open this resume every time I'm going through the process. When I need to call, I just click on a candidate's profile. It shows me his phone number, his email address. And right. that's where they, it takes the information too when you're using your ATS to email someone it's the parsing of that email address that is now in the system and is what the system uses to be able to send that email. So it's not parsing. What you're also thinking about is like, you're thinking like taking the keywords out. Um, so matching keywords to like whatever. Well, that's what I think is. most people what you're talking about? Is. like, so for candidates, um, you know, and you know, you know, I, I volunteer a lot with different job seeker, um, not for profit organizations, right? And candidates come to me and they honestly believe that there is some smart little robot inside this applicant tracking system that's blocking them, that, that it reads their resume some magical way and that a, a human being never sees it. Yeah. Like, that's, this is, that's... this is what they tell me. And I'm like, show me. Show me the receipts. I have no idea where this magical system lives. Like, well, is that, but that's what, even, even at our universities, that is what our career counselors are telling our new grads. And they're scared shitless of this um, ATS monster that eats resumes and never gets sent to a human being. That's what they believe happens. Well, it's a different... Um 
like parsing is 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 a little bit different but yeah i i completely agree a lot of people think of that's what actually happens and it doesn't technically so there is a lot more technology that's way better than it used to be when it comes to like there is ai matching tools that actually rank uh resumes based on the candidate's resume and also the job description and it's getting smarter and smarter that it, it understands some key elements like an example say you're in tech language well they understand if someone has say node.js that they have angular as well even though it's not on the resume but if it's on the job description it knows these are associated uh, i i use that personally i when we get tons of resumes i look at how high these people match first but we do not reject anyone until we've gone through all the resumes and confirm because we don't want to miss that that i guess uh that unicorn because mm-hmm. the system told us they weren't a high match so we still always look at it so this might be coming mm-hmm. like in reality as technology improves and everything but today and there is a person rejecting your resume. So Right. So Serge, where where do these companies get off? Like honestly, there's I know there's one in Seattle um, yeah. where they will charge a candidate to write your resume and guarantee that it will work its way past the applicant tracking system. No, they really. Like I even had I, I was uh, presenting to, again to a job seekers group, and that was one of the questions. They said, So should we you know, should we invest? Should should I give them my hundred and twenty U.S. dollars, and they will write my resume to make sure it gets through the applicant tracking system? What do they mean by that? Like, what do you I, think they mean? I I have no clue. I oh. I have no clue. Like in reality, I think what they mean is <laughs> what? Because in reality, if your resume, like like what I'm thinking, top of my head is they're gonna like put in keywords and. It's funny because I've seen this uh, where people are so focused on keywords where they'll put in tons of keywords, change the font to clear so it doesn't show up on the copy. But in reality, they've got thousands of keywords in the background that no one sees to made to be able to match with uh, what the keywords are in the job description and any matching that is bullshit. Uh, but that's probably what they're, if I had to put money on it, that's exactly what they're doing. That's a hundred percent. They're taking every keyword in the book, putting it on the resumes. But how does that help you as a candidate? Like if you're not qualified, you're not qualified. What? Exactly. You're just, okay. exactly. <laughs> they're just, so, so I will tell you there was, um, uh, this is going back a few years. There was a company here in Calgary that was helping um, individuals who were not getting uh, interviewed write their resume um, to match up with the job posting. And so it it was really odd. You know, we started seeing. I at the time was at Canadian Natural, and we were we were hiring um, engineers. Like, oh my gosh. We were build. We we're spending twelve billion dollars to build an oil sands plant, so we were hiring a few engineers. Like we're talking hundreds, um, and so these resumes started. Like the format all looked the same on them, and then we started getting these resumes that were just like, oh my god, it was like chocolate. You know, like it just melt in your hand. You're like, I cannot believe I have an engineer with all this experience, and we'd bring them in. 
And um, like, honestly, the hiring managers were just like, they couldn't believe our good fortune. So we'd make sure that we had every right person in the room so we could hire them on the spot before our competitors hired them. Um, only to find out that this person didn't know a thing of what was written on their resume. Like how it was embarrassing. Our, I remember the look on the hiring manager's face. He was, he was embarrassed for this guy. Like, so how is that a win for the candidate? Like, is he like, I don't know. Well, and I, so I completely, uh, yeah, it's, there's nothing more. It's a, such a giant waste of time. Like I, and this is why a lot of people ask, well, I haven't heard back from the recruiter or everything. Uh, part of the challenge is how busy we are and how many resumes we go through. And then we look at your resume. You look fantastic. We schedule an interview with you. We do a screen and we realize five minutes in that you actually suck. So um, now- You lied. Oh my God. Lied. It's exactly. not that I'm often like, though. I have to say it's- Oh, it's very often. Like do you think- I see it all the time where they put people in- People exaggerate their-, their resume. And one thing, if you're ever interviewing for a job that I'm at, I'm going to question you on little things you put on your resume. So if you say, oh, I've implemented a system or something, oh, I'm digging in deep. So you better know what you're talking about. And it's funny. I'm going to say this. I'm going to call it out. HR people are absolutely the worst when it comes to this. I've caught so many HR people putting BS on their resume that they actually don't understand. And when you dig in deeper, it's clear they don't. So you're just wasting everyone's time. It's not going to help you get the job. So in reality, please, yeah, don't do that. Uh, and put your resume and your qualifications as they are. If you're right fit for the organization, you're going to get an interview and potentially get the job. If you're not, you're just wasting everyone's time. Like Hiring managers and recruiters are not idiots. Like we understand when we start questioning you on what's on your resume, if you don't know what you're talking about, we're going to know. So why are we wasting your time and my time? So anyways. Um, no, they honestly believe the- that we're going to, here's, here's what I, I can tell you after 25 years of being in recruitment, that people honestly believe that once you meet me, you're going to change your job requirements. Yes. I'm yes. not That's kidding. The- they, yes. I have honestly, people were absolutely um, like, like I had insulted them somehow that I, I wasn't going to make an exception for them. Yes. You know, when I figured oh. out that they had maybe not been completely truthful or, you know, or, or they took that. exception to being rejected, right? And they're like, how dare you? How dare you reject me? I've been working in sales for 25 years. And I said, so did you read the job posting? You know, so I'm rejecting them graciously. And so just because you've been in sales doesn't mean you understand how to sell this specific technology, right? Anyway. I, I completely agree. And it's so funny you say that because that happens all the time. People get offended when you're like, yeah, it's, you're, you're not a right fit for this. Uh, so I, I'm going to move on. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, exactly. They might have, well, I, I can learn really quickly. That's my favorite one. I can learn really quickly. Um, and there's a reason why I am asking for a specific particular skill set because you are not going to learn this quickly. Uh, and I get that in the tech space, like, oh, uh, 
And sometimes it, it does. So say in the tech space, you get mm-hmm. someone to learn a new language. And if you understand another language, it's easier to learn that one. But you can't sometimes replace experience. You can't replace uh, well, actually knowing <laughs> and working in that technology because some of it takes years to learn. Yeah, you know, I, I hear you. I had someone say to me recently that uh, almost with a tone like, well, I'd be willing. I, I'd be willing to take the training if the company offered it. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I really? Don't have any other oh, nice of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. All right. Well, I think we've looked at it. So let's end on this note. Yes. Um, a couple of things. So when it's coming to ATS, we're going to keep saying this. You have to. You have to be part of the process of your ATS. So when I say you, I mean recruitment in general. So if this is your leader, uh, your and if you're reporting it to HR, you need to be the subject matter expert and teach your HR people what you actually need to do your job. Don't let IT, finance, and even HR decide what applicant tracking system you use because when you don't hit your targets and you don't fill the people, they're going to come back to you. They're not yep. going to go back to IT being like, why is recruitment not doing their job? No, they're going to go to you. Excellent and point. shitty system is on you, 100% accountability uh, on that end. Another thing, ATS do look at ones that are not part of an HCM. Please, please, please. And when I say HCM, it's also known as HRIS. So human capital management, human resource, IS, what is information system? And capital management system. Yeah, yeah. And HRIS was the human resource information system. Exactly. But now they call it HCM. But it's really it's really the same thing. And it's what yeah. houses your your payroll data, your comp exactly. data, like the the life cycle of the employee, right? And so it doesn't need the same sort of robust functionality that an applicant tracking does. Well, an applicant tracking system is built for it as this is for a lot of these, these are add-ons. Um, and I've never seen one that's really good. But don't buy Taleo, number one. <laughs> Let's bring that market share down. So, Belly, oh my goodness, always- I think I think they are they're pulling the plug on on their own life support system. Like from what, from what I hear, they're not doing any more investment, and they're moving everything to Oracle Cloud. Yeah, so I think I think they've taken themselves off life support, like to the point where I don't think. Well, don't get Oracle Cloud either. Like, don't get that one because it's just the same as Oracle Taleo. Oh, yeah. And what, two years to implement it and the functionality isn't anything that you showed us like two years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. So Serge, anything exciting coming up in your world here this weekend, next week? Nothing exciting. All all work and talking about an ATS. I'm at the last stage of implementing an ATS. We're going live on Monday. So that's exciting. That's not Drum really. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, in a it's way. It's a yes. lot of work. It's an insane amount of work, but it's worth it in the long term. Um, and no, that's it. How about you? Anything exciting coming up for you? Nope, just like you. I'm just out there trying to make a living. And I'm having Trying a to make a buck. Well, I'm, I am. I am having a blast. If anyone listening has questions on ATS, I think uh, I've spent many years researching it, many years implementing it, and same for Shelly. Please reach out to us. We can answer any questions, but really appreciate you all listening. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Talk soon.
The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.